So if we just jump into it and I'll say, I'll say welcome to Fear the Podcast, Matt Swiggan. Um, this, so, so this podcast is going to be one of those ones that doesn't necessarily have a happy ending like a lot of these are aimed at. A lot of the idea we talk about is how we've found a way to deal with our depressions, you know, to keep ourselves happy. But we're here obviously to talk about your brother who unfortunately could not find the the happier side of life and yeah i'd appreciate if you could introduce yourself and your your brother and um yeah i suppose a bit of history of his his uh depression to uh um so where, whereabouts are you both from originally peterborough peterborough yeah, yeah. um and you both lived there like most of your most of your lives yeah, born and bred. Yep, yeah. uh, born in Peterborough. Um, oh, 1976, I was born. Kev was born in 1980, so we lived in the same house until Kev went on his travels uh, as a holiday rep when he was 21. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it would have made it probably the year before I started then, 2002-ish, 2001? I th- yeah, I th- yeah, that's about right, actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I was born in 84, so it's four years difference. So my maths is somewhere somewhere about, right? <laughs> and it, again, without sort of prying too hard, was it like a happy household and like a, a joint yeah, unity family happy. and things? Yeah, yeah. Very, very happy household. Um, uh, the, our life consisted like dad uh, working full time, uh, mum being mum. And uh, not, actually, no, mum did have a few part time jobs, but uh, yeah, it was just a, a normal household. Uh, very fun. Um, loving um, the weekend we lived for, so we would go to the local social club um, as we uh, as we were growing up, the flat neck servicemen's um, in Peterborough, and uh, yeah, mum and dad used to take us there Fridays, Saturdays, and Sunday afternoon for a bit of bingo, and then um, and then during the week school, obviously as children, and then we got involved in lots of uh, sporting activities, football. Kev, my brother was a very good footballer, to be fair. Yeah. Um, as was I, we had this competition. Uh, that's uh, who was better. To be fair, I think Kev was. Um, but yeah, it was a happy household, happy upbringing, and um, awesome. kept me and Kev were sort of in and out of jobs when we left school. Uh, found a, both of us worked together at a company called uh, it was an insurance company, budget insurance, and um, Kev got bored one day and wanted to go abroad. Yeah, Thought, just what I want to be a holiday rep at twenty one. Yeah. Fair and why not? I think it's probably quite prevalent at the time on TV, things like that, wasn't it? The, with the rep lifestyle. Yeah. Um, do you know, you say, what specifically instigated that? Or was it just uh, just bored, just want to see the world? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we're, we're quite homely people, so we're a little, a little bit surprised, actually. Um, yeah. I think, you know, relationship, well, I'll say you know, relationship, was with this girl for about two years, but they split up. He was um, a character, Kev was. He, he likes to... Uh, you know, if he was, I think quite a lot of us actually at this age between 20, oh, sorry, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, probably up to 23, where you could go out, get smashed, uh, probably not sleep sometimes and and then go to work at nine o'clock in the morning. Do you know what I mean? And I want it till five o'clock. Like, well, you know, well, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it now. You know, I'm 45. Nah, uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but, but me and Kev would do. Um, but I think yeah. he just sort of bored of that, not that lifestyle. He, he spelled with his girlfriend and thought, right, I just want something different. And um, he had the balls to um, apply for Thompson as a holiday rep, and uh, and then went, went off, and he got the job and went off to uh, Spain. But 
Nothing pushed him to do that. It was his own choice. We all looked like a bit upset because obviously we're a very tight family. Yeah. And uh, but we benefited from it because we had some great free holidays. Well, not free holidays. Yeah. That's paid for yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, he really did excel. Um, he was a great character. I mean, I don't know if you looked at my, my Facebook profile when I put posts about uh, Kev, but everyone in people loved him. He, he, was, yeah. he was the life and soul of the party. And uh, I think a lot of people were a bit sort of like, oh, he's gone. Sorry, not gone, as in, but gone in, in terms of uh, gone to uh, work abroad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he went abroad and he built up a huge network of um, friends in uh, Mallorca, Ibiza, Cyprus, and Tenerife and Benidorm, you know, yeah. and, and, th- and a lot of those people are still sort of around. They're my friends now, so uh, yeah, yeah. So what 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 year did he give it all up working abroad? What Thompson? Yeah, um, it was weird actually because uh, he had, I think he worked. Christ, I think he had a good ten years stint um, yeah. abroad. He, he'd become uh, like an area. Actually, in fact, it was more than area manager. He managed pretty much the whole of Balearics. Um, and he lived in a beautiful villa in Ibiza with him and his wife Katie, and um, it was oh, it's beautiful. But I think they just wanted to have a family, and um, it, it, you you can't really raise a family as a sort. Of, he wasn't a holiday rep then, you know. He's been there, done that, got the t-shirt in terms of going out, getting pissed, and you know, work not not sleeping for three days, as you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so they wanted to settle down. And because I settled down here in Birmingham, because uh, I had a stint as a holiday rep for about only just over a year, and I met my missus, who I'm still with now, Lisa, and she'd become pregnant quite quickly. So, um, yeah, we, I, I quit, I quit, and then uh, I lost a toss of a coin, and um, and it was a toss of a coin, Birmingham or Peterborough, where I'm from, and I lost the toss of the coin, so here I sit down. So I think Kev looked at that and thought, yeah, well, I, I, I want to settle down. So he he, he wanted to settle down and, and have a family, yeah. have children. So he carried on working for Thompson, but he was based in Luton, so he got a right, job okay. in, in the head office at the time at Luton, and, um, and and worked there, and, and then they had their first child, me. Yeah. So do you have any, obviously you say this, this is a story of depression. Did he have any signs of any issues whilst working abroad or do you think it was stopping? Kev was, Kev was quite a private person. And yeah. I don't think Kev, no, not don't think. Kev didn't suffer from depression at yeah. all. Um, he was the one who would always help people. Where Kev started to suffer I believe he he goes at a million miles an hour to help everyone else, but not himself. Yeah. And he he left Thompson and become a crisis manager for um, Thomas Cook. Right. Okay. Which involved in um, quite various incidents. One being the Tenerife shooting. There was a shooting right, okay. at the Tenerife Beach um, where this arsehole shot some uh, innocent people dead, uh, and within four hours, Kev was on that beach. Uh, so five hours uh, to, to, in that resort helping other people and there was other it's like uh, two girls died from um, an issue with some uh, vent, uh, not ventilation um, what's it called uh, it, it gives a cool air carbon monoxide yeah yeah no. uh, yeah carbon monoxide so two young girls died in this hotel I can't remember I think 
think it might be in Portugal. Yeah. Um, so so Kev was over there, and so he he he's seen quite a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, but he would he wouldn't ever talk about it, or, you know, and, and open up to people about it because I mean these these are very serious incidents. But um, do I blame the businesses for not reaching out? Well, not really, but um, I think there should have been some sort of a. a uh, help psychological help. Support, support kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Kev, I understand you are you are you okay? Yeah. So are you okay with you, what you've witnessed, what you've done. But Kevin always be he was fine. So but I think that's he started to struggle there. But um where he really where it where he did start struggling big time was um his daughter Nee, five years old. They went on holiday. Yeah. Uh, the Mum, Dad, that's uh, Casey and Kev, and some friends went on holiday to um, Cyprus, and um, they came back from holiday uh, with uh, some another family, and then need to then a rush down below, um, and they took her to the doctors, and um, the doctor said, "Do you need to take her to hospital? Can't diagnose what it is." Went to hospital. They took a test on his daughter knee. And within about two hours, they came back and they gave the results. So it's an STI, a sexual right. disease. And my brother, being in the position he was in at Tom, Thomas Cook, quite as you know from probably your back in the day, maybe you remember, but he was very sort of like controlling person, liked being controlling everything, but he's controlling. Yeah. He couldn't like see his uh, uh, daughter in the room, so the police got involved. Um, and over a period of like two weeks, interviewing people. Um, Taking my mum and dad yeah. uh, to the, the clinic to yeah. get tested, um, and my brother was just going absolutely berserk, you know, because to see his daughter, he had to be in a room with social with, services. Yeah. Anyway, after two weeks, um, the NHS, um, it was really bizarre because they wouldn't. Anyway, they, they came back and they said that the uh, test was um, a mistake. The result was a mistake. It was chickenpox. Oh Christ! Right. So, they misdiagnosed his daughter yeah. um, and that was his downfall. Yeah. He could not cope with that. So tried to, let's say, not immediately, but um, uh, he, he obviously got um, um, solicitors involved to sue the NHS. But what Kev uh, started to do, Kev, um, well, he wouldn't talk to people. He would make out that he's okay, he's fine, he's doing it. But I could see in his eyes that he wasn't. Yeah. And um, it was a bit difficult for me, not, not difficult, because he was in, uh, was it Luton? He was in, no, no, sorry, I beg your pardon, he was in, yeah, sorry, Luton. So I was backwards for Peter to Luton to make sure he's okay. But I could see in his eyes that he, he wasn't, he was angry, very, very yeah. angry. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't go, you know, put uh, his fists through walls or anything, but you could just see in his, in his head, that he, in his eyes, that he wasn't, he wasn't uh, uh, happy. Yeah. Uh, but he wouldn't talk. So, um, so after the time, he, he did, Kev liked the drink, um, you know, as I saw all us holiday reps did. Um, my liver's permanently damaged. Um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, but Kev took to, Kev, Kev never done any drugs. Um, he didn't agree with drugs. And I've got friends, circle of friends who do um, uh, indulge, um, or used to indulge, not so much now, um, in weekend uh, uh, activities. Hated it. Hated drugs, absolutely hated it. Like, uh, I mean, cocaine pills, 
I mean, yeah. I think he had a couple of splits down again. That's about it. Um, but Kemp started drinking quite heavily. Um, he was still working for Thomas Cook at the time. But then there was quite a few issues at home where um, arguments happened. But then I'll never forget the, where it all started, where he rang me. And he said, um, Matt, have you, had a, have you got a baby monitor? And I said, no. And he goes, oh, I've got one because they've had their newborn Alfie uh, yeah. to start the situation uh, with need being misdiagnosed with an STI. And um, he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing something through this baby monitor, Matt, it's doing my freaking head in. And, okay, um, don't worry about it. It's just probably picking up something from next door or something. Yeah. Then he took it apart. No one thought nothing of it. His Mrs. Casey thought nothing of it. Um, but then after a period of few weeks, he started to take other things apart. Um, electrical devices um, and sockets and stuff. And then Casey told me, I said, Kev, you need to go and um, you know, speak to someone like, you know, to find out why, why you're doing this. He goes, Matt, there's, there's someone spying on me um, because he was suing the NHS and he had it in his head that um, he was being under surveillance. Right. Now, I've since learned that um, uh, uh, psychosis, there's different levels of psychosis. And one of those is uh, that you're being under surveillance. I didn't know this until after Kevin's passing, but he, he I say, was he depressed? I say, yeah, he was depressed, but he, he started to suffer from mental health. And he believed yeah. that there was people spying on him and people were doing things to him. And, um, and he was getting really upset about it. And he would come to me and turn up on my doorstep in Birmingham and like, you know, cry and I'll give him a hug, lay him on the sofa, feed him, water him. Um, but then he go, and he said, oh, I think I'm depressed. So the doctors uh, threw loads of tablets at him. Yeah. Sertraline, citralopan, various different drugs. Um, and I don't think they helped him if I'm being honest. No. Um, I think he needed um, uh, not locked up. Actually, well, actually, at one, at one point he did need locking up. I'll go into that in a second. But he needed someone to understand what he was going for. He didn't because the doctors that were going, he, he was going to were just shoving tablets down his throat. Yeah. And so he was taking those, but he was drinking. But then he started, then he turned to um, uh, cocaine. Yeah. Now, I've not done cocaine. Um, I've got friends who have done it and still do it. Um, we're, we're all different. Our brains cope with things in different ways. Um, but his brain wasn't, couldn't cope with the cocaine aspect. And that was just fueling his uh, depression, anxiety. Might have made him feel better for about an hour or so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it did make him very, very poorly. Then he would stop and we put him into rehab centres, which cost a fair few quid. Um, I think he's the only bloke I know that's been thrown out of a rehab centre in the middle of nowhere in Warwickshire to, for ordering a contact, how he got hold of a phone, I don't know, to bring in some cocaine and vodka over the side. Now, this place was in complete nowhere. Uh, 16 staff and three patients. And he, and he got thrown out of it. Um <laughs> getting uh, caught he broke the contract uh, he broke the contract right so um this this went on for for years he was in out of four rehab centers but he was very clever he would then um, go into a rehab center or or, or be i think locked up to one word 
um, we go to like the NHS in Peterborough. That there's this unit where um, felt like a funny farm, if you like. It's the wrong word to use, but um, he he would be uh, sectioned. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. But then four days later, they would let him out because he he just would change, change. absolutely normal. Like, he'll yeah. go in there a wreck, and then for it'll be normal and talk his way out of it. Um, I think that, 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 that when you get sectioned, I always think of padded cells and things like that. And yeah. it wasn't like that, the place he went to, but I do think my brother and other people out there who are in similar sort of situations need to be, I don't know what it's like in different areas of, of, of cities and towns, but in Peterborough, it, it was like, you could just talk your way out of it and walk out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it seems like a bright idea, that yeah. it seems madness, doesn't it? Because again, a lot of the, a lot of people who do suffer with some kind of mental health issues have or, or I suppose even like drug users, isn't it? They have that ability to seem like they're okay for that. That minute that they're needed to be okay. Yeah. Put on that act and no no, I'm not on drugs, no, no, I'm not using that, no, I'm perfectly fine. Okay, so off you go. You know, yeah, and it's not done that the help. And I assume they say with the well, with the period of time that he had with sort of being diagnosed and being sectioned in, in the hospitals and stuff, did he did he ever get a diagnosis of what was what could have been going on with, with his mind? Um do you know, I honestly I'm, I'm waiting on his um uh doctor's reports because oh. I uh, so I'm, I'm going to get that through very shortly, actually. Um, but from what I can gather from what my parents have said, my dad, um, he was diagnosed with um, depression and psychosis. Right, okay. Yeah, I was curious because I was speaking to, speaking to a guy the other week. Um, he has uh, he's like complex PTSD. He was like a, a videographer and like reporter for again, like similar, like crisis situations. So again, he's been in that situation of seeing all the you know, war zones, all the horrible shit that is just built up and built up over time. Yeah. But you see, he, he was diagnosed complex PTSD. Um, but yeah, I was curious if it was potentially something similar with dealing with the crisis stuff. Yeah, well, do, do you know what? I've never thought about that, Chris, to be fair. Um, that, that, that could be something, yeah. That, yeah. Um, because of the situations he was... Uh, involved in with his job at uh, Thomas Cook. I think what we, but there's, I think it's a, a Margaret Kev was an organizer. He would, as I might actually, to be fair, um, you always put other people first. Yeah. Um, and you're, you know, Kev would organize parties, get togethers, the lads day out uh, over Christmas. He just organized absolutely everything. But I can't recall my brother ever sitting me down and saying, no, I don't feel right. You know, um, my head's all over the shop because yeah. he just got on with it and done it. And, um, you know, if you start to feel down, Kevin just give himself a slap around the face and think, oh, I'm just being a pussy, you know, fucking I'll get over it, you know, I'm fine. Um, but Kevin, yeah, Kevin, probably my brother and, and myself as well, is um, you, you always put other people first and organise everything. And also, I mean, 
I like Kev, Kev would put his friends and extended family first, as do I, rather than your own family and your own self. Do you know what I mean? Because you want to make everyone else happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know, it's stressful organizing events, it's stressful organizing days out, it's stressful um holding the job down, it's stressful doing you know daily activities. But he 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 I've started to do it over the last couple of years. I'll go for a walk with my dog for half an hour or an hour and switch off. Never used to, I always go like a million miles an hour. Um, yeah. But yeah, Kev always, um, he, he did support his, his, his wife and two children, but like financially, um, he did. Uh, going away on holidays, he did, but I think he just, he, he tries to, he tried to juggle too many, spin too many plates. Yeah. You know, he would have a hundred plates spinning and he would keep the spin. He would, would not want one of them to break. Um, you know, to even though it's a to detriment of his own mental well-being. So I think it's um, it's a motivation of a load of things. But obviously, go back to what I said earlier about what the NHS being not big, 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 big misdiagnosed or that that definitely was the the, the, the big thing. You know, yeah. Um, and alcohol and uh, drugs was his um, was his coping mechanism. Yeah, which un- unfortunately is that is having the knowledge that they're not gonna. They're not going to, like you say, it's such a brief moment of clarity whilst you're, you know, whilst you're using it. So I'm not experienced in it, but I imagine them from the films and from what you hear, obviously, it's, you know, it helps for a short period of time, but it just, it spirals out of control, doesn't it? You know, yeah. trying to, trying to constantly fix that problem, you know, when you get more and more used to it and more immune to its uh, effects. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a shame, isn't it? It's like trying to be strong, for yourself and for other people or to appear yeah. strong for other people is, you know, is one of the yeah. detrimental things for, for your own self, isn't it? Um, it's, so it's good, like now, like you say, going out and finding your own time for yourself Definitely. silently with the dog. I mean, exactly, yeah. Or, you know, go for a walk or, or a run or a swim or whatever you want to do. But I think um, Kev was a big advocate and he would say this to everyone um, that, you know, um, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, you can, you're okay to be not okay. It's fine. Admit it. Don't pretend you're not. He would say it to everyone. Yeah. He 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 um sort of uh, what I'm looking to say. He didn't sort of like take that own advice. No, yeah, but it is. It's one of them. Was he was he so adamant about it because it was telling him himself that? Yeah. Yeah. No, think, it's. Yeah. And that's a lot of time why I think people get so behind certain things is because it means that it means a lot to them and sometimes more than like, you know, like, um, like again, this thing to me, the whole mental health thing on, on any aspect, people say it all the time, you know, if you need someone to talk to, I'm here. But like, for me, it's, it's, it's genuine, you know, the amount of people you can talk to and uncover their stories as well. And even like I said, help me uncover my own, story you know and it's it's possible like you say he's so behind that because it was he's telling himself it's okay not to be okay yeah try to convince other people of the same thing um yeah yeah mm. how is how is um his wife and the children getting on katie what um but what well, they they divorced um two two years ago Kev loved his wife. He did love Katie. Did I mean they were together for Christ? Bloody hell! When he first went over to um, 
as a whole there, I think after a year they made each other, you know, and two kids later and had a lovely family home in Luton and they moved to Peterborough. But yeah, she, I think, she, quote Katie, she lost Kev, um, uh, she lost Kev a year before they, sorry, they got divorced last year, but before, about a year, she, she knew that she'd lost him yeah. uh, because it was uh, turning to um uh, alcohol and um cocaine to uh sort his head out because he thought he was sorting his head out but she witnessed some you know not, not nice stuff because of his um psychosis and depression because he would he would be like it would be up for about four days no sleep and then sleep for three days and it was no life for her and yeah. she she tried to get him lots of help and um, but he, he didn't accept it um, some people go to doctor's appointments, get thrown loads of citraripan yeah. at him, um, and he'll take them. But I think to take those type of drugs, you've got to be, you've got to have some sort of like healthy diet with them. You know, you can't, yeah, yeah, you can't use um, uh, drugs on them. So uh, yeah, she 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 tried for years to, well, I say years, but two 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 to three years to uh, help him. But she just he just pushed her over the edge, and there was. You know, because of his behaviour, and she had no other way out than to, to sort of move away, move out the house, sell the house, and then uh, yeah. file for divorce. And Kev wasn't, unfortunately, wasn't allowed to see the children because of his behaviour towards yeah. the end of his life, which really killed him. He, yeah. He, he loved his daughter, uh, Nee, so much. He didn't really know Alfie, to be fair, because Alfie was so, like, uh, year, year, year and a half, two years old. But him and Neve had a very, very lovely relationship. And unfortunately, because of um what's happened um you know his daughter has um she, she's been affected by it because she was five at the time six yeah. seeing things seven seeing things and you know it's affected her mental health now as well bless her yeah um and it, i assume that's something she'll well, she will get help with but is getting help with and yep um, she is she, yep she, she, she's having um uh counseling and um, it seems to be going well. Um, I think I, I found uh, just from other experiences as well with uh, people I've known that it, it does seem that there is a lot more support, certainly from my experience over the last, uh, by, I'll say my experiences, by speaking to people who are have been suffering uh, with mental health. There is, seems to be a lot more support out there yeah. than, than, um, than previous. And obviously during this freaking lockdown, malarkey um it's only going to get worse isn't it um so yeah it, it yeah I'm, I'm waffling on but yeah nick neve is getting the support um and uh yeah it's uh yes it's, it's hard for her but yeah she, she, she's okay hopefully no it's yeah it's, <laughs> yeah there's not much else i could I, not much else you can say about that it's, it's going to be hard isn't it and let's say recognised getting the help and the support and yeah that's that's great yeah. um so with with kev did is it ever anything he ever did he ever try to hurt himself at all before was it no no no, no nothing at all um no no he 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 actually said because uh, uh, uh I've experienced uh, a couple of friends who've taken their own lives due to mental health. Yeah. Uh, one being my cousin uh, five years ago, one being a good friend um, 
Nick, was that crisis about eight years ago. Um, but no, he, he didn't. He didn't um, do anything in terms of us thinking, "Hold oh, a minute, you know, I'm going to take him physically to a mental health unit to get him." Yeah. But he used to say, "Suicide um, is a brave thing to do," and I didn't like that comment. And he and he said that. Um, well. I couldn't concentrate. Well, then again, I say now you just don't know what your brain does. But he, he's my brother always said that it is a brave thing to do. I, I disagree with that. That's my own opinion. Um, because that that there, there, there is there is help out there. Um, you know the the, the devastation it leaves behind. Um, suicides, but it's been freaking awful. You know. Um, I think for some people. Um, it can be a bit of a relief for some people in a, in a horrible way because of the, the, the torment that they've caused because it, their actions and things like that. They, and it's a yeah. horrible thing to say, but, but we, it's like my brother, the, the things he did towards the end of his um, life, it wasn't nice. The phone calls I used to get three in the morning, the call, the, 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 the accusations towards my mum and dad, it was, um, it was horrible, but we knew that wasn't my brother. Yeah. Um, you know that that was that was his it, that was someone else in his head doing these things. That wasn't Ked. Yeah, Ked we knew uh, from four years ago. Um, it, 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 that that wasn't our, uh, their son or, or my brother. But no, he, he never gave us any indication that he would um, uh, take his own life. Nice. Uh, I, so I think it's it's one of them things that are. Um, there's a gentleman, I, I bring him up so frequently, but I can't remember his damn name. I need to like, tattoo it onto my forehead. But um, it's, it's very, he's relatively well known. He was on a documentary, I think it's called The 1% of... Um, uh, he was one of the people who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. But it's like 1% of people who survived. Uh, and he's now like a public speaker about it. Um, I think he was 19 years old and he decided that you know he was so sad and lonely that if on the way to this bridge if nobody talks to him and says anything he's going to chuck himself off and he didn't really want to die he wanted some interaction yeah and because nobody spoke to him he thought well yeah he worked his way up to it and did it um but he said you know that the minute his hands left the railing he instantly regretted it and then that for me is enough for me to want to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. for me, that thing, if, if I had have stuck that knife in my throat and realized I was in pain and bleeding and instantly regretted it, but it's too late, like, what, what the hell do you do at that point? You know, and yeah. that's, it's a curiosity for me is like how many poor, unfortunate people are at that point. Yeah, all it yeah, but and they can't take it back. You know, it's yeah. you know, no previous signs. There's nothing you can do. You could have ever done to have helped him. Obviously, all, with all the help you you know you did provide anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think for, for me, so the frustration for me is not not just for Kev, but everyone who mental health is out there. And it, there needs to be. It needs to be. And the government needs to do something about it, like even more, more support. There is support there. It's more, as I said earlier, there is a lot more support. But, you know, it's rife at the moment. 
you know it's, it's awful but then when it's like you, I've, I've not had my demons to be fair personally but i think just taking your own life it, it just it leaves so i say it earlier it just leaves so much devastation behind it's it's is it selfish is that the right word i don't know i'm, I'm still mixed up in my head but um yeah. but is it selfish part of me thinks it is selfish because you, you are causing so much loss uh, so much yeah. so much hurt and, and a trail of devastation left behind you know people just there is help out there that there is so speak out as i said earlier it's okay not to be okay you know whatever you're thinking you know if you're in your car and you're thinking to yourself i want to drive into that post but you don't do it that, that's that's got to be a mental health issue or something you need to yeah. come and speak to someone about what what that that, that those thoughts because that could be something leading up to something yeah you know you, people just need to understand that taking your own life is it's just it isn't the way out it really isn't it's all yeah. it's me wondering the sort of thinking though that whole saying that it's okay not to be okay i'm not entirely sure no, I literally just just now thinking this. I'm not entirely sure that's the best saying. It's almost again, if if say Kevin believes it of himself, it's okay not to be okay. Then it's okay to feel how he is and not seek help. Yeah, true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It literally, just dawned on me. So if you're telling yourself it's okay to not be okay, what's that? Okay. Yeah, it's true actually. Yeah, I never thought, I've never thought of it like that actually. It literally just dawned on me just now. I was yeah. thinking about it. So like, well. It's okay not to be okay, but just get on with it. Yeah. yeah. It's not it's not okay to not be okay. Speak to somebody. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you are, if that is, as you say, you're so into that saying, mm. if he's telling himself this constantly, is he then sort of retreating within himself to say, telling himself it's okay to be like this. It's okay to feel like crap. Yeah. His feelings it's, are normal. It's not, yeah. That's, it's not. No. Never thought about that, Chris. Yeah, I hadn't. It literally, it, it's kind of given me a bit of a sinking feeling that a lot of people run around saying that. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's not funny. I don't know why I just giggled then, but it, it literally just gave me this sinking feeling. Like it, is, it isn't, it mm. isn't okay to to feel like that because you yeah. you might well need help. Yeah, but we're all running around saying it. All of us, we, we all we all get on that hashtag, and we'll all say that. We'll all repeat it. I mean, it's it's okay. It's 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 okay that you are feeling like that, but you need to speak to somebody. Yeah, not not just be okay. Sorry, I had a waffle there. No, no, I understand, Chris. No, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Yeah, I never yeah. thought onto this conversation. Now, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. So just, if you're constantly you're constantly saying it you're constantly telling yourself it's alright yeah but it's not yeah <laughs> uh dear yeah no, so uh, I don't want to get into it's like did he did he uh, notes did he did he leave any information behind yeah um I don't want to lots of notes. There was, there was what, what towards well yeah yeah there was a lot of uh, documents and diaries um, that uh, he he filled and some of it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is um, sort of diagrams, numbers, um, algorithms. 
weird and wonderful stuff. But then a couple of pages later, um, it will he you know he'll write a note to his his children, right. and um, there, it was a, there were lovely notes, not notes to say that he was yeah. going, um, just like really nice notes. But then a couple then the next pages it would be all weird and wonderful. You you, you couldn't work it out. It was it was bizarre. Um, I mean. The, so a couple of dice. So, so there was no notes left for anything like that. Um, apart from one, actually, there was one page where he said, well, uh, I want Jacob and Lucas, which is our, um, my, my Johnny's sons, my godsons who yeah. are very close with, uh, to, to be his power of attorney. But we've worked out that was wrote about two years ago. Right. Um, which would suggest, now thinking about it, was he thinking about doing something then? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, but when we went into um, his house on the on the 29th, sorry, 30th December, because it happened, it took us off on the 29th, um, we had a beautiful little apartment in the basement, but the same things I've seen in these notebooks I've got were all scribbled um, around his walls. Right. Yeah, so it was. There's, there's a film where this guy does it. I can't remember the name of the film, but yeah, he ran his whole all the, the rooms like little num numbers and letters and little. I don't know. It's very very bizarre, but I mean, like hier hieroglyphics and stuff. Yeah, weird. Yeah, it's weird. So he was doing all stuff like that, and yeah, in no notebooks, but nothing to suggest that. Um, you know, this is my last uh, note and things like that. Yeah. But a lot of it you could make sense of. Yeah, you definitely say lost in his mind. You say we're writing and scribbling all over the walls. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going back to the, um, the, the the taking apart of like devices and stuff. Again, this goes back because of his mental health. And I say I think it was more more that we got further in depression, like the psychosis side. When he came to stop with me a few times, there'd be things taken apart, remote controls. Uh, he, he must have gone through about 100 mobile phones in the last four years because he would take yeah. those apart thinking he's being tracked. Uh, the cars that he was driving, he would take the engines apart thinking and the, the electrics apart. Um, when when the, uh, the the letting agency that he had the house for because he was renting uh, this lovely apartment, at the, I mean, he put down a quite a big deposit, but it was just all sucked up from the damages he's done, like taking uh, sockets in the wall apart, uh, the alarm system apart, the lights, and they were like little um, like halogen lights. He put Vaseline over the lights um, to, to where the chimney was. There was a ventilation. He took that apart and thinking there was something in the brickwork. He was taking the brickwork apart in the chimney. He just thought he was being spied on. Um, all the time. Um, I think the worst thing for my brother, though, definitely was he, he got paid out by the uh, by the NHS for the misdiagnosis. Yeah. And it was a substantial amount. And I said to his solicitor, uh, don't give him the money, please. But he's a 35-year-old bloke. So they did. And um, yeah. he, used, he used that money for um, not the right things, bless him. I mean, he, he dressed well. Yeah. Um, he ate well. I say he rented this beautiful apartment but um he pretty much squandered well not all of it there's a bit left which i'll 
sorted out now and they've gone to the children but yeah so yeah he, he would um take loads of things tvs as well he, went, he used to take tvs apart um in his apartment when we there there was six tvs like just completely brand new pretty much brand new tvs that he'd yeah. buy plug in and then after take a couple, he, he just thought he'd take them apart yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. No. It's. It's. Yeah. You got. Uh, it's certain things. So you want to feel so sorry for how he must have been feeling at the time. It must have been. Yeah. It. It, it was. It, what I know in my heart, that that wasn't my brother. That wasn't Kev doing that. And um, when last seen my brother uh, face to face uh, before just before we locked down, I think it was, and. Um, and he was fine. It, well, I knew in his eyes that he wasn't fine because you could just see in his eyes, I could, and my partner Lisa can see that he wasn't right. But he was brilliant, a brilliant uncle to my uh, children. And um, he would just like, he would just go on, like, go to robot mode and it'd be fine. He'll, he'll eat well here and I'll feed him, he'll sleep okay. And then um, then he'll go back home and then and start suffering again. It was just, um, yeah, it was just, uh, it, it was, it wasn't, and this went on for like, well, for say four years, like he'll come in before, then he'll go back to Peterborough, then he'll go off again and, uh, yeah, um, cause, um, I said mayhem, that's a bit, bit of a strong word really, but he would cause certain like issues and that, and he would lie to me, say, I'm going to be fine. And then next day, next day, I'm getting calls off him, accusing me of sleeping with his, um, his wife, because yes, he accused lots of people of that, because that was just part of his psychosis. Yeah. Um, but again, to sort his psychosis out and his depression, he would turn to alcohol and, and drugs. And drugs. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, oh, we can go into it and over the stories again multiple times. Um, I think generally we probably, I assume we've covered most things. Yeah. Let's. So let's let's talk about the, the the charities that you are doing work for. You you got multiple challenges coming up across the year. You, you, yeah, yeah, we're doing, we're doing a few things. So there's two charities that we're raising uh, money for. Uh, independent charities that they're not funded by uh, anyone apart from themselves. It's all self funded. One's being Kaleidoscope, which is a UK wide charity, but it's based here in the Midlands, um, and they're, they're there for. Um, young blokes, young women, old women um, and old blokes uh, to pick up the phone to or go and see to talk about um, if they're feeling like they're going to drive into a lamppost one day. Right. So they try and nip it in the bud from the outset. Lovely little charity. Um, so that's Kaleidoscope. So raise money for them. And there's another charity which is dear to my heart called Edwards Trust. They're a bereavement charity uh, that gives counselling uh, to people obviously being bereaved. It was initially set up as a, a for people, sorry, parents that lose children. Right. Um, but now because of what's going on with mental health, there's more people wanting to use a service who who, who parents or, or, or children have lost someone because of someone suffering from mental health. So yeah. they're really sort of going down the road. So that's why I'm supporting those two charities. Lots of events going over the next, uh, well, right up to sort of December. Uh, our first one starts end of uh, May. We're doing a walk from, uh, I say Birmingham, you can't say Birmingham, it's a swear word here in the black country, but from Halzoe, we're walking to Worcester, which is a 27-mile walk 
for the uh, for myself and the elderly uh, group of people that want to support these two charities. Um, yeah. But we're joining another charity, uh, which is the Air Ambulance. So we're sort of piggybacking on that uh, for a, a gentleman that's uh, lost his um, daughter, unfortunately, in a car accident. So there's three charities there. Then, then we're having a big old shindig in Peterborough, our um, social club, where me and Kevin were sort of say brought up we weren't brought up in the social club but we, <laughs> yeah <laughs> we went there on a friday saturday sunday um where we're going to have over 300 people attending kev loved his bingo so we have a, a bingo session raffle session we've got a, he loved his magicians uh, magic as well so we've got a, a magician walking around barbecue but it's a family day so we're going to raise money there um we're also doing a we're doing a free peaks challenge but not within 24 hours yeah, um, I'm going to do that again because I failed last time. So there's a number yeah. of us doing it in areas. One in Peterborough, a few lads from London, and a few people from Alrex. Actually, right now, a few of them from the Thompson phase. Uh, we're doing Snowdonia, Scarfell, Ben Nevis, um, all before hopefully uh, October. Yeah, and um, me and my cousins are then going to do a bike ride. It's called Coast to Coast. I haven't got a clue what that means. I don't know where I'm biking, but I'll, say I'll do it. And my cousin Lord is organising that. So, yeah, we've uh, we're raising uh, so raising money throughout this year. One in memory of my brother, and two to raise money for two really really good charities uh, who have helped. Um, not me, actually. Edwards Trust have directly helped me because I let them on the let on them a bit because losing my brother, uh, but not just that. Lose and again, this I think like people do need like this mess with people's brains when you do lose people you know yeah. that's my best friend my nan who's like my mum uh my brother now cousins and yeah. um, and now i've had a phone call you know yesterday from uh katie's uh, katie's uh father and um, so they've they've indirectly helped me so that's why i want to support edwards trust and kaleidoscope for when people do feel and they start thinking hold on a minute i've been thinking like this i need to speak to someone you don't go to your doctors and have pills shoved down your freaking neck no. You know, speak to some professionals who can guide. It can be simple things like people don't go for walks. People don't, if, if you've got a dog, walk it further. Yeah. Don't, well, you can go to a pub, of course you can, but try not to use um, alcohol or drugs as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a medicine because it, it just yeah. makes you worse. You know, just go, go, go and get some fresh air and, and talk to people. Yeah. Better, better balanced diet. Diet yeah. helps hugely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what, Chris? I like a drink, you know, I remember one here and it's Saturday, so I don't know. But um, yeah. do you know, I live a vegetarian and she loves her fruit and veg. Yeah. And um, when I have had a couple of days off that, and I'm saying off that, you know, if I've like just completely eradicated it, but yeah, and then eat those fruit and vegetables, the way you feel after, after a couple yeah. of days, it's just, you just feel so much better. Yeah. It's it's wild what your diet can do. Right? Yeah. It's I I did about three to four weeks of a no sugar diet. It was meant to be two weeks, um, and that just oh, so much more alert and awake, and I could get up in the morning and just felt lighter and happier and everything. Just yeah. getting rid of sugar. Uh, I've not been so good with it lately, so <laughs> I, I, I am sluggish again. But it's and you know I need to change that again. But it's so. I think where where the two week no sugar thing was so strict it was like you know, not checking your sources, checking all your snacks, checking absolutely everything. It's yeah. such a pain in the neck 
really yeah. doing that. I mean, not having fizzy drinks and not having, you know, cakes and chocolates and that, that's easy. Um, if you decide to do it. But checking all your sauces and snacks. Like I said, when I was doing it, you discovered, what is it, the uh, graze box. You know, the graze box are like, oh, healthy snacks. Yeah. Salt and pepper nut mix had sugar in it. <laughs> Why? I got a peckish one day. I was oh, I'll get that and pick that. I was like, it's got plenty of sugar. It's salt and pepper nuts. Why? Why is there sugar in it? Um, but yeah, it's a diet, fresh air, and take your time for yourself. No matter what, you know, whatever it is. Like for me, um, I've always been into martial arts. I haven't been able to do jujitsu for the past year, and that was something I sort of dove headfirst in for the past couple of years. Yeah, you know, com competing, training, got loyalty like the. The team camaraderie thing within jujitsu is is really like a really big silly thing because you spend so much time trying to kill each other. So it's a great bunch of people, and then you haven't got that. I haven't had that for the whole year, you know. Yeah. Um, and then no physical exercise and no doing anything for yourself. It's it's really really important to do stuff for yourself. Um, like you say always trying to please others. You've got to please yourself as well. Yeah. Happiness. Right? Please and not pleasure. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I, I look forward to all these uh, challenges you're doing. I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on them, um, and I'll, I'll help post and raise awareness. And obviously, I'll donate to some of those. As appreciate, well. Chris. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be giving them um, updates on social media. So uh, uh, keep your eyes open. Yeah, no, I will do. Um, I say, I'm really sorry to obviously hear about your brother. I like I say, I didn't didn't know him terribly well, um, but. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks here. It sucks. Um, and I hope, like I say, you continue to speak to people and take time for yourself. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future, Matt. This has been, I love it, Chris. Um, no worries. Um, like I say, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye. I'll be sharing all your information and say I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Brilliant. All right, Matt. Cheers, Thank Chris. you very much. All the best. Cheers, mate. Happy Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy, buddy. All right.